Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the September 7th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have a few interesting tidbits to talk about this time. Yes, we do, particularly since we have a few interesting new releases to talk to you about. Mystic Access is back, and we are creating products for you. Yes, we are. And because we are on a podcast, we can talk about the two upcoming classes on both listening to and creating your own podcast. So if you don't care about creating podcasts, we have a class for listening to podcasts on different platforms, iOS, Android, Windows, etc. Your own different players that you may have that you may have to manually put podcasts into, stream, track, on their websites, all the different ways that you can listen to podcasts. So if you're looking for a new method for listening that may be more convenient than the one you're currently using, or you just like some other options, or maybe you don't listen to podcasts much and you're looking for a good way to start, well, we have lots of options for you in this four-week class. So one week is going to be devoted to iOS, one to Android, one to all kinds of other options. We're going to have cross-platform podcatchers in there as well. And that means that they play on all sorts of things, Android, iOS, Windows perhaps, various platforms in other words. We're going to have a complete Q&A available to you. Now this class is being offered a little differently than some of our other classes, isn't it? Yes, it is. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a mailing list set up for you to join should you wish to. We're not going to put you on that list and you can then converse with us and or all the other class participants about what your pain points are. Yeah. What do you want to learn? What is most important to you to figure out? We can kind of tailor this class together and make sure that we hit the apps or the methods that you want mentioned specifically. So while I have a syllabus up on the product page currently, that can evolve based on what you guys, the participants of the event, want. Exactly. And we're not going to host those three weeks live. They're going to be links that are going to be sent to you via the list and in your Mystic Access account. However, the final Q&A will be live. 90 minutes for us to hang out and talk to you guys and answer your questions live. Then after that point, this will turn into a regular product. The advantage to coming live, though, if you have the ability to do it, particularly if you just want to come to the Q&A, is you get your impact in the class. You can ask questions that may help somebody else later, or maybe somebody else has a question that you have, but they're too shy to ask it. So when you come live to these things, you really have the ability to tailor it again to what you most want assistance with and support with. So you really kind of make it your own event, which is awesome and fun. We have gained a lot of knowledge from you guys asking us questions through events. And we found out things we didn't know. So it's fantastic to hear from you about what you most want. We received a question about this already. And the individual asked if this was going to be a product. And like our events, they normally do turn into products. However, I did mention to him specifically that we can't guarantee the price is going to stay the same because now people want transcripts and all this other stuff. So once the product is done, the price may or may not increase. Absolutely. So those are important things to know. If you join the live class, however, and you want the product, the finished product, you get it for free. 
So whatever comes of that later, you'll get the resulting product. So again, another advantage, if you just wanted to come to the Q&A, you'll have the ability to do that and you can sign up now and pay the $34 for this content. And that is the listening to podcast and the podcast creation class is a totally different animal. Oh, yeah. And that is going to be more of a class where you talk about different ways one would create a podcast. There are a lot of different ways to do it. There are a lot of different types of podcasts. Your entire first step is finding out exactly what you want in your podcast. What's it about? Who are you trying to reach? We're going to discuss all of that in the first week. We're going to talk about media hosting for your podcast, what that is, how it works, what you need to know, editing the podcast, recording the podcast, hardware, software you may need, how to get guests on your podcast. We'll talk a little bit about how you may or may not be able to market your podcast, monetize your podcast how you get your podcast out there for the world to know about. There's a lot in here. It's a six-week class. There's plenty of time for Q&A in the sixth week, and it is going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of information. I bet you guys will have some great information to share as well, and we're just going to dive in. We've been wanting to do this class for a long time, and this turned out to be the right time to do it. So this class, unlike the listening to podcast class, and these links will be in the show notes, they're also available on the Mystic Access website. But unlike the listening to podcast class, this one, Creating a Podcast They'll Love, is a full live class. So you'll get to talk to us each of the six weeks. And again, the last week is devoted specifically and strictly to getting your questions answered. There will also be another mailing list set up for those particular people who are part of that class. So we'll have a way for you to interact with us as well as other, again, class participants. This class is $69, and the same rule applies that the price when it becomes a product may or may not go up, and also you get the full product when it's done, irregardless. If you buy both, you will save $10. If you buy the listening class, and later you decide that you do want to be a podcaster, and you come back and you purchase the Creating Podcast class, then you will also save that $10 automatically. It's all done for you behind the scenes. You add the new class to your cart. As long as you purchased the original class before adding it to your cart, the price will be reduced. Yeah, so make sure you're logged into your account, and that way you'll know you'll get the correct pricing. Also remember one other important thing. You don't have to be a professional to podcast. Plenty of people podcast. Not everybody does it for their professional gig or as part of their professional gig. Sometimes people just do it for fun. They get together. They talk to other people. You can share all kinds of things. Recipes, quilting, sewing, hobbies, all kinds of stuff. If you have a hobby, if you have a thing that you geek out about and you would like to share it with other people, you think you have some knowledge that might be interesting to others, you can podcast. And so it can be a hobby. It can be a lot of fun in addition to perhaps being something that someone does professionally. So just wanted to point that out too. And a podcast is not recording something, putting it in a Dropbox link and sending it out to a mailing oh, list. No. no, no. There's a lot to podcasting and we'll be diving into that. It doesn't mean you have to take it all seriously, but it does mean that you're going to need some preparation, some time and probably some money involved to make this the way you want it. So podcasting, we're going to be talking a lot about that in the month of October. Oh, speaking of which, let's mention class times. 
you have until October 4th. That is when the listening to podcast class starts. However, we encourage you to sign up early if you know you want to be part of it because the mailing lists will be up soon. So if they're not up as of the release of this podcast, they'll be up very, very soon. So you can already begin engaging with us and with your fellow class participants. So that one begins the 4th. The other one begins on October 20th. So we'll have plenty of time to kind of get to know each other prior on the mailing lists and ask questions and craft these courses in the way that you want. So we encourage you to join early. So we have talked in the past at nauseum. some people might think, <laughs> about food services and getting food services delivered to your house. We've done podcasts on Freshly. We've also done podcasts on Top Chef Meals, and those are great services. But one of the kind of cool things about these services is they all originate somewhere. So if you live in a decent-sized city, you may actually have some of these services that you can take advantage of locally. When the pandemic first started, I was listening to a local radio station. And one of the cool things that they were doing is they were saying that if you were a restaurant, call in, tell us where you're located, tell us what you have. Basically, they were giving restaurants free advertising. And one of the delivery services that I had heard of, we're going to talk about in a second, and I'm almost 99.9% sure that they were part of that radio broadcast. But Kim decided to do some searching on local food delivery services. I was curious, and a lot of times our lives get really insane, and we'll work 16-hour days some days. And by then, we're just blasted. We have nowhere to go. We couldn't even find our kitchen, much less cooking it by the time some of these days are over. And for something like that, it's nice to have some meals in the fridge that we don't have to worry about and preferably something unique that we'll really enjoy. So now that I'm here in Buffalo, it is fun to be able to search around and see what is available. And the service that I found that we kind of began with, I've already found another one that I think we want to try soon, but one that I've located that I really think is cool is one called Eat Right Foods. That's E-A-T-R-I-T-E foods.com. While we're talking about this for a way to eat locally and support your local places, this is a service that will ship to all the 48 lower U.S. states. So Kim decided to order this service and we got 16 meals. They arrived today. We were sitting, sitting on, on the porch. Some side on the porch. <laughs> and some guy walks up to us and puts something down on the porch. And we we're both like, okay, what is this? And he goes, oh, you're all set. And we're both like, with what? And he said, eat right. You know, and we picked it up and it was local delivery so it wasn't really frozen there was no frozen ice in this little bag but they were wrapped in individual plastic containers that one can recycle and we both had a little something for breakfast and it was quite delicious to be able to delicious yeah they all have expiration dates on them they're not really fancy as far as packaging they're basically a plastic container with tape that's closed on the front edge. And you can use a scanning app or we used Ira to quickly sort through these to find out what they were. 
they also we didn't know that on top was listed the calorie information and the nutrients on the front was where the meals were. I was trying to do a scan with Voice Dream Scanner and it wasn't working. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And that's why we found out that on the front is where the meal title is listed. And it's the front edge. Yeah. So it's not like the front portion. You know, it looks like a container that you get from a, a delivery a takeout service. place. Yes, yeah. a takeout place. And it was really, really nice to be able to talk to the person, you know. Yeah, it was cool. I would have assumed if we weren't sitting out on the porch, he may have rang the bell. Because... I didn't think it was coming until tomorrow. I didn't pay attention to the receipt. I really thought it was coming tomorrow. So we were both a little surprised. When he told us, I was like, oh, awesome, thanks. You know, because I completely forgot today was delivery day. I thought it was tomorrow. But it was really cool. And just so that you guys are aware that you can just look locally and see if there are any of these delivery services. And they charged us 10 bucks to deliver, which was fair. You know, somebody had to come out and deliver it. So somebody had to pack it all up. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was really cool about it is a lot of the meals we ordered, we got two of each meal. Those were packaged next to each other. Yes, they were. I kind of was impressed with that. I pulled it out of the little bag. It was kind of a bag, plastic bag with a plastic little thing that closed over the bag. And it had a nice little handle on it so that you could just pick it up and take it away. I had a breakfast burrito this morning and it was really good. Oh my gosh. You only had to heat it for a few seconds. And there it was. And we were so excited. We just said we were going to go in and try it immediately. And it was great. It was a wonderful experience. The whole experience has been wonderful. It's not a subscription. You don't have to say, well, I'm going to order again next week. You can go in and you can choose. They seem to deliver, I believe, on Thursdays and Sundays, I want to say. I believe that's right, yes. So you can kind of pick when you want your next delivery. And they're nice, small portion sizes. They're about 500 calories a meal, so they're not hugely full of calories. And they're clean. You know, they're very careful about what they offer and their chickens and shrimp and veggies, how things are sourced. And it's really cool and just delicious, as we said. One thing you might need to know about some of these sites that you may come across, for instance, with this one, there is a lot of responsive design. So sometimes you're going to press enter on things, at least on the web, that don't look like they're clickable. (laughs) And that's how you pull up information about the meals. So for instance, if I'm going through the meals and I find a meal I want to learn more about, then I'll press enter on that meal. And then directly under it, I'm going to see the calories, the carbs, a little description of each meal, what's in it. And some of them even have Weight Watchers Smart Points associated, which is very cool because I'm actually on Weight Watchers. So that's a neat thing that you can check out and kind of see. They don't all seem to have the WW points, but some of them do. So that's fun. Now, there are a little more points for those of you on the program than you may necessarily want. So you just want to take it easy the rest of the day. Have some fruits and things, perhaps, or some eggs, something like that. Like the one I had this morning. Uh, I don't know if it actually had Weight Watchers points, but like one of them I saw was like nine smart points, which is well over half my day. I get 16 a day. So that's quite a bit, but delicious food and filling food for what you get. So how would you suggest that somebody get started if they're in, as you said, a larger metro or even a suburb of a larger metro, which I now am, yay, and they want to learn more about what's available locally? Yeah, the DoorDash bills and the Grubhub bills kind of prove that you're here. So Ooh, they do, don't they? Oh, they well, do. We're slacking off there. But anyway, back to your question, <laughs> I would probably do a search engine of your choice search for the name of your city and food 
prepared food delivery services or something like that to get an idea of what's around you. And the nice thing is that it keeps it local. So the, the money that you're spending doesn't go off to some company somewhere else. It's local and the people are local who's delivering the stuff. And it's just nice. Yeah, you're supporting local jobs. And this doesn't just apply to food prep. If you're thinking, oh, God, I don't want food prep. I'm not interested. You can look for other things locally. You can look for some of these like produce places that deliver or like if you're just looking to get your ingredients delivered to you, you can look for that. Of course, you've always got places like Shipped and Instacart if you have those available in your area. But if you want, for instance, a store that you shop at all the time and you strictly want to see if they deliver, you can look and see. You can find out. So there's a lot of different ways you can do this. So I would type in the name of your city, perhaps, into your favorite search engine of choice. And perhaps your state, if you have one of those cities that are in multiple states, and like Portland, for instance. And most of the time, it will know which Portland you're in. But you might just want to do it just to be doing so. And above your main search results, now this is going to depend on your search engine, but above your main search results, you're probably going to find a whole list of places that you can check out. Restaurants or whatever you typed in, whatever you're interested in. You can find stores in your area. I've done a lot of that since I've been here, like TJ Maxx. Where's the closest TJ Maxx? You know, and I'll type TJ Maxx Buffalo, and that'll give me the closest ones. So I can look around and see that I have like three within five miles of me, which is awesome. <laughs> so it's fun to kind of see, and you learn your city. That's something that I'm learning. You learn more about what streets are around you, what places are around you, what the area is like. So I've really been enjoying that aspect of being in a new place because you can learn a lot and you can discover a lot of town names and kind of how far things are from your home base. And it's pretty cool in that regard. So you can learn as you're trying to find things that are practical and useful for your daily life. One of the mottos around here is that everything is 20 minutes from Buffalo. So no matter where you are and you were trying to get to, it just takes about 20 minutes to somewhere. And when I was working with the CEO of Blindshell a couple of weeks ago, we went to a restaurant that I wanted to take him to that was closed. It was only open for takeout. Of course, we didn't want takeout. We wanted to dine in. So we're standing there trying to figure out what plan B was because I didn't have a plan B <laughs> because my wonderful Siri or Google assistant told me the hours of the restaurant were from X to Y, and that wasn't quite the case. So here we are standing there trying to figure out where we're going to go. We found a nice place, and he goes, wow, everything's within five minutes. You can find lots of places to eat here that are within five minutes of where we currently are. And that was absolutely true. It took us like five minutes to get from the old restaurant to the new. It's wild. It's wild how much is around. It's one of the things that I'm not used to. From being in a small town, a really, really small town, like out in the country with nothing around. So this is very cool because you can find out. And you can also find out, like, if you're in an area and a place is in an area, if you want them to deliver, you can kind of see whether or not they'll do that. Like, you kind of learn where cities are. I was just on a website and it said, we deliver within, I forgot what it was, 20 miles of Williamsville or something like that. And I was like, whoa, we're pretty far from Williamsville. No, we're not. Gonna... Well, you don't think we are? Oh, God, no. Okay, well. Anyway, they did deliver to us. I kind of thought that was one of the further out places from us. It's not. Some of these. It's okay. very, very close. Okay, never mind. Well, you get an idea, though. You learn about places and where they are and where you are in relation to those places. So that part is interesting. Even if you've lived in a place a long time and you haven't done any of this stuff, it could be fun. 
it could be fun to kind of see what's around, what's there that may not have been there last year, <laughs> you know, find out some of these things of interest to you that may be available to you. So one of the things I'm going to start doing is reading some of these local publications that are online and finding out, you know, what's out there, what's available. I've already bookmarked some really cool articles. So it's really fun to get that kind of knowledge and see what's happening around you. When I first moved here, I was interested in GPS. And this was even before the Braille Note had GPS. And one of the things that I had heard about for the longest time was this talking map program called Atlas Speaks. And I thought, that's dumb. <laughs> Why do people care about a mapping program that, you know, you could learn about? So when I moved out of my old neighborhood into a newer, more, you know, nicer neighborhood, I went on Sendero's website and I purchased said Atlas Speaks product. And it was literally just a way for you to virtually learn where things are. And you could virtually walk the streets. And this is how I learned my north from my south, my east from my west, that these streets were east, west, north, south. And when you're walking up this street and you're passing these streets, these points of interest, or you could virtually plop yourself into another city or you can find out where something is in relationship to you. So you have an idea of where these places are. I thought, okay, that's not dumb anymore. It's very, very cool. And then when I got GPS with maps and I'm walking along the map, for me at least, it became less stressful. I don't have to count blocks anymore. I don't have to, you know, do those kinds of things that we were taught. Okay, if I want to go to Rite Aid, maybe I want to go, you know, two blocks this way, five blocks this way, 10 blocks that way. By the time this landmark, this landmark, and right. this landmark, except for the fact that when somebody's doing construction and now your landmark's gone, whoops. Right, there goes your landmark. But when you're doing that stuff and you have these maps and you're walking around, it is less stressful because you know, okay, well, there's been a few times with GPS that I haven't been paying attention and I've walked past my street and I thought, huh, okay, I'm past my street. So now you do a course correction. You can either turn yourself around, get yourself you know, back on track or whatever, but just having access to that data, even 20 years ago, it was an amazing eye opener, really. Absolutely. Things have come a very, very long way in terms of being able to Either find out what's from point A to point B if you do it online, or if you do it walking around yourself from point A to point B with a GPS program. So you have lots of options now for finding out what's around you without saying, well, I need to ask my sighted friend or something like that. In the age of the internet, if you have access to an internet connection and you know how to use the internet, you don't really have an excuse. I'm sorry, you just don't. You could get yourself blind square, which is... It's $39 in the app store. And you can do a lot of research with that too. You can get yourself a Victor Trek, which now has virtual exploration. So you don't have to be at that spot where you can, you know, totally figure out where things are. Years ago, I took a trip to Boston on vacation. And before I went, I knew exactly the places that I wanted to go and things that I wanted to see because I virtually plopped myself using the Braille note into the center of Boston, Mass, and was able to figure out where things were that were of interest. 
what other affordable options are available to people who are interested in learning more about what's around them locally? The only ones that I could think of would be some of these apps such as Blind Square. There's a couple of other ones that are on Android as well that will give you that type of information. You can also use your favorite search engine of choice to figure this stuff out as well. Google Maps might be a good alternative. How would that work if you were going to use Google Maps? How would you begin that process? Well, I haven't used Google Maps on the PC in a long time, but I hear it's pretty accessible. So you would put a starting place and then you could put an ending place and figure out, you know, turn-by-turn instructions and stuff like that. A lot of what I'm thinking of is the portability of a mobile device. Sure, sure. So you could start out by doing something like maps.google.com and plotting your route or seeing what's available. I don't remember. I actually did a search recently on Google Maps, but I don't remember if it gave me a lot of the landmarks around me, a lot of the points of interest that were around my location. Yeah, and you may not get those points of interest. That's where, again, something like Blind Square or the defunct nearby Explorer would really come in handy as well, because those will give you points of interest. Those are more your blindness-oriented GPS or navigation systems. Tell you something else neat about Blind Square. When I first got here, a couple days afterwards, Chris's friend was going to take us to T-Mobile. We were actually going to lift there, but in the end, we did not. He ended up taking us, and we were going to go to lunch. Well, the place we were going to go to lunch was not a place I was familiar with. It's a local joint. And I was like, I don't know what I want, because these guys tend to get massive size portions. And I was like, I just want something little and cute that'll be enjoyable for lunch. And I wasn't feeling very well that day anyway. I had a little cold. So I said, what am I going to do? And within Blind Square is a cool feature. Yes, you can look at the menus of some of these restaurants. And I've done that in the past. And that was actually a feature that I had completely forgot about until you had mentioned it. So we did a search for said place from where we currently were and we found it and it's this menu so we hit menu and you were able to go through the menu before you even left the house i'm a planner i really appreciate being able to do that i kind of like going into a restaurant knowing what i want and that allowed me to do exactly that it was great it was no stress chris's friend didn't have to go read me the menu and tell me what all was there so it was awesome because i immediately knew what i wanted and i got a delicious meal and everybody was happy. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of stuff, too. Not only is it convenient for you, but it's convenient for anyone cited who you happen to be with at the time. They don't have to spend their time reading stuff to you. Right. Maybe they don't mind. It's not a matter of, oh, you know, well, they're cool reading to me. It's a matter of, well, maybe they shouldn't have to read to you. <laughs> you know, maybe you can figure that out in advance yourself. And if they have Braille menus, for me, the issue with the Braille menu is, Let's see, that was about four weeks ago, three weeks ago. We'd probably still be sitting in the restaurant if I was reading it. <laughs> I like a Braille menu. Sometimes i found, though, at some places that a Braille menu can be a little out of date. Sometimes yes. they don't replace those Braille menus. Had that experience a few times. Sometimes the entree that you're saying, oh, I want this, that's no longer on the menu. Exactly. So these places aren't just GPS apps sometimes. Sometimes they have other really cool offerings as well. Now... That brings up a caveat. Not all GPS apps, be they for Android or iOS or PC, allow you 
to have that virtual exploration piece. They do not. But if you are within a certain distance, like Blind Square, and somebody is going to correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> we know you because will. Because I don't use Blind Square enough in a virtual exploration mode. I'm going to download it. That's what I'm going to do. But if you have Blind Square, you can do pretty distance searches for things. That's one of the things I loved about Sendero PC Maps is I could be on one side of the country virtually and I could do a search for, let's say, Disney World because I've done that before. And then I can take that search and then basically plot myself 2,000 miles away at Disney World and then virtually explore Disney World. That's what I loved about that program. Will the track allow you to do that as well with their maps? You can't do extensive searches, but if you know a city. And sometimes when you are virtually exploring a place, you don't know an address. But a good rule of thumb would be something like Main Street or First Street or Second Street or something like that. And put yourself in that area. And then you can go from there. Like I can't do a search across the country or even from Buffalo to Williamsville on the track for whatever reason, it doesn't work. It's just not what it's, it's only meant within a few to do. miles. Yeah. Right. Right. But let's say I knew a city or guessed a city in Williamsville or West Seneca or something like that. I might be able to put myself somewhere on a street somewhere and start out from that point. So if someone is going across the country, let's say you were coming to North Carolina back in the day before marriage, BM before marriage, and you were going to visit me and there was something you wanted to look at in a nearby city. Is there a program available currently that will allow you that functionality? The only thing I could think of might be the Blend Square app. Maps might be able to do it with Apple. Google Maps might be able to do it. Sendero PC Maps, if you can still get it. But again, those maps, I believe, are not being updated anymore. So a couple, three, four, five years from now, depending on how much your city changes, some of those maps might be as outdated as that Braille menu. So these are all things that are important to keep in mind. Another way to make this process easier is make sure you know the names of the cities and towns and suburbs around you. Kind of get an idea what they are. If you aren't really sure, make sure you know that. Or streets around you, make sure you know that. It's going to make your life ultimately much, much easier. And again, you could start out in a bigger city and then branch out from there. So it's all in how you kind of explore your area. Yeah, if you're doing a lot of train travel or subway travel, for instance, or buses, then you'll kind of learn where things are, or you should. You know, you'll see where people are having their stops. You know, so you'll kind of get an idea where things are in relation to you or relation to your stop. So it's important to kind of orient yourself a little bit with the tools that you're using. I remember the times taking buses long, long, long time ago <laughs> when you would have to count either bus stops or when I was working at the university 30 years ago, I would take the bus home and there was a certain jog that the bus would do. And I knew I was almost home. Sometimes the bus drivers, at least in those days, they may or may not call out stops. They may forget you. So 
sometimes, and even in the more recent years, and by more recent years, I'm saying 15, 20 years ago, the buses started to announce the major stops. So when you're on that bus, you would have an idea. Again, it goes back to the whole thing of kind of knowing where you are and letting that technology work for you and make it less stressful because you're not having to sit there and count those stops anymore. You're not having to kind of rely on the bus driver. You kind of are still. But, you know, if your stop is a couple of stops away from one of those main stops that it actually announces, then you know, okay, now I got to get ready. And that's the other piece that I think is hugely important. This all used to be incredibly stressful. At least it did for me. Just walking around to try and figure out where the heck you are with no tech. Just basing it on your memory and your landmarks and the sounds around you. Oh my gosh. I remember a mobility instructor I had once when I was a teenager. And that's been a while back. (laughs) Saying, there is no such thing for you as a stress-free walk. A leisurely walk. Doesn't exist. Now it can. That was back in the day when we didn't have all this cool tech. And now we do. So if you have the tech, it's worth relying to a degree on that tech and to a degree on yourself. You can perhaps not completely eliminate your stress, but in some situations you can. But if you can't completely eliminate it, you can certainly decrease it significantly. But you have to know how to use the tech efficiently. You have to know how to make it work for you. And you have to be able to rely on it and pay attention to it. You must concentrate some to figure out exactly where you are and what you need to do next. A couple of years ago, I went to a place, it was in Vermont, and I thought, oh, my place that I'm staying is only a mile away. So I thought, (laughs) oh, I'll be able to walk this. So I plotted a route with Sendero Maps, and I thought, you know, this is kind of easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) So there was a little important thing you didn't know, though. There was. I connected with a sighted friend via Skype or whatever. And we were talking about it. And she says, yeah, well, this route looks easy. If you want to go this far down the street, then cross over because there were no sidewalks on the right side of the street. Then eventually there were going to be sidewalks on the left side of the street. Then eventually there are going to be sidewalks back <laughs> on the right side of the street. And I thought, nah, I'm only going here like three times for three days or something. So I think I will just cab it. So you have to know when to make those decisions and when something is not safe or not convenient to walk. I mean, if it was sidewalks, yeah, I could have used the GPS and I could have walked it. Would have been no problem. So if you hadn't had her to tell you this, how would you have found out there weren't sidewalks there? Would you have had to have just done it and like gotten uh, lost or something? Uh, yeah. And I probably <laughs> never would have made it to the place. <laughs> So I probably would have figured it out and I would have turned back around and said, okay, well, I guess I do need to catch a cab. Fortunately, the cool thing was in this specific situation is the client that I was going to see was really, really cool. And they were like, well, we know where the hotel was. So his wife would pick him up and they just picked me up the next day at the hotel and we did our stuff. And then they dropped me off, which was really, really sweet. But that first time I would have been like, uh, okay. You know, how am I going to get there? So armed with that information, I knew when I landed and got to the hotel and had to worry about it the next day, that it was just going to be, okay, we're going to call a cab and be done with it. So that's a situation where you can use other technology like Ira, like Be My Eyes, 
and make sure that the route you've planned is not going to take you into unsafe territory. Right. I think Ira, if I had Ira back then, would I have done that route? I'm not sure because I would have been in a strange situation. If I would have, for whatever reason, have lost that connection with that IRA agent, you're in trouble. You know, I've used them in the past to kind of walk places that I've known just to kind of do it, see what it was like. But in that kind of situation, I'm not too sure I would have, because if you lose that connection, you're done. So we've thrown a lot at you guys today. We hope you have found it interesting and that maybe some of this information will come in handy for you, whether you're moving to a new place, whether you want to get familiar with your current place, or whether you just want to find some cool stuff in your local area. Exactly. Well, thank you for coming along with us, and we shall see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.